Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. A pleasure to welcome once again Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer to this edition of Left, Right, and Center. Gentlemen, good to have you with us today. Morning, Jim. Thank you. I want to uh, I, I want to take us a little farther afield than we often go on this program, and I'm also going to suggest that this might be, although it doesn't have to be, this might be one of those shows where we do not have differing political agendas. It may be simply that we take a, take a look and, and bring all of our insights to bear on a, on a very serious problem. There's a new report that says 50% of the world's AIDS victims now are women. 50% are women. The vast majority of HIV uh, positive people and AIDS uh, uh, people are in Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, desperately poor countries. Uh, entire generations are being decimated. Um, families being destroyed. Uh, children orphan, orphaned in uh, sadly not record numbers in Africa but in large numbers uh, and, and it is disrupting the entire social fabric of most of the continent the question has been raised lately whether we in the West are doing enough for AIDS victims in Africa or whether we have sort of taken an attitude of benign neglect Africa has a lot of problems and, and I don't mean to be harsh about this, and this is certainly not my belief, but I've both read and, and, and heard this. People say, well, you know, if there were fewer Africans, there'd be fewer problems. Uh, it is a heartless approach to be sure, but it seems to be uh, honored somewhat in the, in the sins of omission by governments around the world. There's no question we're not doing as much as we could. Um, there are, you know, we could do an, an awful lot more if we chose to. Prime Minister Kretchen is focused on aid to Africa, although not medical aid particularly. He's looking more as economic aid as his his legacy to the world. But uh, both the United States and Canada have been generous with, with economic and medical aid, but not to any great extent, certainly not enough to make a, a real difference in this. And I want to ask each of you gentlemen today, whether you think Canada or the West in general has a responsibility to to reach out to these individuals. And let me let me further sort of set the scene here I think everyone would say we have a responsibility to help other human beings who are suffering but these are not the only people in the world there are all kinds of people around the world who are suffering who we are we don't help or we're not able to help should we be focusing on AIDS in Africa as a major world crisis or is this one of these things that well it's Africa you know Africa for the Africans they keep telling us some people say okay fine you know, do the best you can. And Bob, I'd start with you. What what kind of responsibility do you think we have, either as Canadians well, or as humans, to intervene in this? I, I disagree with your statement, where you said everyone would agree that we have a responsibility. I disagree. Okay. Um, I would like to know how that responsibility would be enforced. And when you talk about whether we choose medical aid or economic aid, that's both the same thing to me. I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. So obviously, if you're talking medical aid, you won't be sending me over there. Mm -hmm. You'll be sending my money over there. Yes. And if and since economic is the same thing again, it's money or money. That's the two choices. And neither of those will solve the problem with, with AIDS in Africa. I saw a very disturbing um, documentary on this issue when I was in Florida uh, two Christmases ago. And it showed the frustration of the people that were already sent over trying to avert the disaster. And they just cannot work with the people. They just refuse to cooperate with them. Why? There are religious beliefs. There are taboos. There are all sorts of social reasons that you just cannot convince a lot of these folks that you can't be sexually uh, promiscuous. You can't uh, 
be you know it, largely AIDS is a uh, is not a disease that spreads by spores or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's a behavior oriented disease. So the only other way to do something about AIDS, if you're not throwing money at it, is to throw laws at at people. And then, then you have a police state. You're going to put people in jail because they're having sex with each other and they're transmitting a disease? Or you're going to, where does it end? I mean, the choice is up to the individual, whether he's going to get AIDS or not, up to a point. I mean, there's all sorts of issues with blood transfusions and things of that nature, mm-hmm. but those are not the major cause of the disease. Jeffrey? Well, it, it does. Uh, first thing, uh, as I just said to you before we started, I, I think we should choose an easier topic. It's just such a hard topic, and its, uh, you know, its implications are so far-reaching. I was uh, struck that uh, last night I was watching uh, Michael Crichton, who's written a lot of bestseller books, Jurassic Park, you know, mm-hmm. Drama Strain, and so on, and Charlie Rose, and he was talking about how viruses were ultimately much more dangerous than nuclear weapons because they have the possibility of wiping out every, uh, everybody. And uh, you know, you sort of think about even if you're looking at as a matter of self-interest about where is this going to end up. Um, you know, I, I was down at the Toronto Science Centre on the weekend and they showed a, um, a thing showing how viruses spread, like the Hong Kong virus and how it gets across to us and stuff. And it's just just chilling to see how it goes racing across the planet. And uh, with, with AIDS in Africa... I can't remember what the stats are, but it is some astonishing number of people who are infected in some of the countries there now. Uh, and uh, you just wonder, like, where where are we going to end up? How can we think that this isn't going to end up having a big effect on us sooner or later? Um, having said that, I, I agree with what Bob says about uh, how hard it is to do anything about it. Uh, so, you know, where do you start? One of, one of the things that I'm sort of struck by from time to time is that uh, in terms of our, of our core values, um, sometimes it seems like uh, one of the distinctions between left and right is a question of sort of how broadly do you try to cast your net as far as helping other people like I know every right wing person I know is extremely kind and generous to their family and to their friends like they're just terrifically helpful but they don't necessarily cast the net a lot wider and in my case uh, usually I think of like local poverty that's sort of my thing I don't think about global issues and, and partly because I say they make my head hurt mm-hmm. well you can so think hard. globally but you have you can only act locally because that's where you are yeah, I mean that's yeah. the law of physics I can't I'm not in Africa I'm mm-hmm. sorry but you know you also talked about these countries being desperately poor. Well, that goes hand in hand with the totalitarian state of most of Africa. Mm -hmm. And for us to pour aid into a totalitarian state is begging problems. You think we got problems with with, uh, terrorists and stuff today, it's going to get much worse when we start doing that. Uh, Africa has got to straighten out its act. They, they've got to get rid of all these totalitarian dictators. And but how do you some, how do you do that when the very fabric we of can't their, do it? You no, know, but some, the, the very fabric of their society is being destroyed. I mean, it's like the Black Death in in Europe, where huge segments some some countries over there. Uh, 25, 30, 40 percent of the people, not HIV positive, but actually have active AIDS. These mm-hmm. people are going to die, are dying by the millions, and are going to die by the tens of millions within very few years, unless we find some kind of a cheap and easy way to cure them, and that isn't on the horizon. We're talking, you know, we're, we're talking in a sense, self-induced genocide here. Well, that's, you just said it, self-induced. So what, what can you and I do? What can you and I do about a smoker who insists on smoking? What can you and I do about a drug addict who needs his drugs to keep going? You can, we can't really do anything. All we can do is lock them up or throw money at it. And, uh, and neither of those issues addresses the issue. Can we walk by them when they're lying on the side of the uh, road gasping for breath? Well, you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> well, that, that, are these people not lying by the side of the road gasping for breath, figuratively speaking? Well, figuratively speaking, but uh, you don't have a responsibility to them. That's your choice whether you want to do anything. How much money you sent to Africa in the last year? Not very much. Well, there you go. 
should I re- enforce your responsibility and say, oh, bad Jim? Because you, you give, there, there are endless causes for charity and for causes, and all of them perhaps equally justified mm-hmm. or equally justifiable on a certain level. And whatever we do for, for the poor, I always say it has to be a volunteer action on the part of the people who are involved, which is most of what I saw in yeah. terms of that documentary they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, But I'll tell you, when, when you're dealing with a culture, and an ingrained culture that just cannot accept the values that are required to avoid this kind of a tr- disease, you're fighting two two battles. You're, and the main battle is a battle of ideas. Isn't that interesting? Same thing we got with, with the issue in terrorism. Jeff, should we be fighting these battles at all, or should we just walk away and say, well, you know, give us a call when you straighten it out? Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that we have to in some ways, and, and thank goodness there are people like, uh, well, like, for instance, uh, Jane Roy and Glenn Pearson mm-hmm. uh, in town who do a lot of work in Africa. And, and, and again, thank goodness that they do those things. Um, because I, even, first of all, I think morally it's something that uh, we are sort of all on this planet together, that morally it's not a bad idea to say we should be trying to help where we can we do happen to be uh, blessed for whatever reason with affluence and uh, with the resources and so on. We've done very well in North America. So we want to help to the extent we can. On the other hand, uh, you don't want to sort of decimate your own friends and family and all that to try and help somebody that, that may not be able to be helped. Um, I, I know, for example, I look at the military solution, you know, can you go in and you've got these uh, despots there, uh, was it in Mogadishu there with the uh, Americans, you know, where they found out that that's not so easy either. Uh, you know, that it's just it just seems like such a big intractable problem that I say I just I just don't know what what you can do having said that I'm glad people are trying to do what they can and I do fear that it's something where if we just leave it alone it's going to impact on us in a big big way one day somebody suggested to me that what we are breeding in Africa is Chicago in the 1920s in the 2020s that we'll have a, an almost completely lawless continent over there Isn't we'll like that in well, much part of Africa already. Yeah, for sure, but by that time it'll be compl- everything will be out of control. All the social agencies will have broken down. Everything will have broken down. It'll be feuding clans and warlords, uh, many of them with 21st century weaponry. Um, when you talk about the terrorism, you know, there's going to... How are you ever going to root those guys out? Well, well, you're not. that's the problem. You can overthrow a dictator, but then unless you are willing to commit the resources to maintain peace in that country, you, like, make it the... If, you're, if it's the United States, make it a 51st state, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, unless you're willing to go that far, all that's going to happen is another dictator is going to fill his shoes. We're going to pause for a second. I'm not trying to be a dictator, but we do have to stop, and we will be right back. Our lines are open, by the way. You're always welcome to join us on Left, Right, and Center, 643-1290, star 1290 in the Rogers AT&T. We're asking the question, should we be doing more to help defeat AIDS in Africa? London's Talk of the Town with Jim Chapman. This is Left, Right, and Center. Schlemmer and Metz with us. Today we're talking about AIDS in Africa and whether Canada or Canadians or indeed people in the West should be doing more to help defeat it, help find a cure, help treat the people. In some countries in Africa, it approaches 50% of the population who have either HIV or active AIDS, and now women worldwide are 50% of the world's AIDS victims. Let's go to the phones where Peter's waiting. Hi, Peter. Oh, good morning, Jim. Good yes. morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Morning. Uh, it's an interesting topic you had this morning. I was watching TV the other night, and they had Stephen Lewis on. Of course, he's heading up uh, the AIDS uh, campaign in Africa and, and worldwide, and he was very encouraging. And the information he passed on, like, he was making inroads into Africa, breaking down a lot of customs and barriers that uh, they've had that would thwart a, a good effort mm-hmm. to fight AIDS, and they've made great progress. And it was just a tremendous thing. He really came, gave a lot of figures what's needed as far as money. He says everything's been set up, 
ready to go. We need money, and that's it. Uh, it was a great program. Now, I, I think in your program this morning, I, I, the reason I called, I don't really call in, but I, I get a little hot and angry because when I hear a program like this, and one of your gentlemen there always seems to um, come to the conclusion that there's nothing we can do, it's not our responsibility, he gets hooked on words like responsibility. And, and let's, let's not get hooked on words and let's say, what are we going to do? Because things are being done, and, and we do have a responsibility. And uh, I, I just get a little mad because what seems to come across is he's sending out a message, well, there's nothing we can do. You get dictators and stuff like that. There's no point. We don't have responsibility. We'll look after our families first. And the idea that we're going to sacrifice our families uh, by giving aid, that'll never happen. Nobody does that. That'll never happen. That just does not happen. And this is a bit discouraging. And I guess it comes so to, Peter, like, your... are you saying that we should all be forced to send our money to Africa? No, gee, for, there you go. Well, what, there you what, go. What, we're talking government Bob, aid. Wait a minute. Not forced. Okay. We're not talking about that. We're talking about contributing. How can we help? If you're saying... Well, well that's my only objection, Peter. I, as long as you're on side that you don't believe we should be forced to do it, we have no disagreement. Oh, gee, Bob, Bob, I don't want to force you to do anything. Damn it, don't do a darn thing if you don't want to do it. I'm just talking about we can help as individuals. If I, you want I to get agree, and that's what I've been stuff, saying. That's fine. I'm not interested in that. I'm talking we can help. Mm -hmm. And certainly we should voluntarily do it. But no one can legislate it. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. No problem about that. We give voluntarily. But let's say, we, let's start moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. Let's not talk about the fact, well, government should be doing this and we should be Let's talk about the people of Canada. Mm -hmm. Okay? We can make inroads. Okay? So, I, and getting to your subject this morning, Jim, you talked about having people on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Give someone like Stephen Lewis on who really knows the subject. Well, has a broader picture. Yeah, I think that's important. I think Stephen Lewis would be a good guest, but I, 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 you know, I have to remember, and I, and I do remember Stephen Lewis's ideology. He comes from a part of the political perspective that believes you can solve any social problem if you throw enough money at it. So, you know, when, when I hear Stephen Lewis speak about this or any other topic, I am reminded of the fact that that's where he comes philosophically. So I don't necessarily, when Stephen Lewis says all we need is money to fix this, that to me does not necessarily mean that all we need is money to fix it. No, Jim, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, he didn't come to that conclusion at the end. He's talking about the terrific things that they've accomplished mm -hmm. as far as framework and setting up an infrastructure mm -hmm. and, and getting to people and changing attitudes and so forth. He's how how all are they doing that, Peter? You saw the show. Like, you've mentioned that they were breaking down customs and barriers. In fact, that was the next question I was going to bring up. How are they doing that? Is it them that's doing that, or is it the fact that over 50% of the people have this now, and that's a pretty good incentive to break some old customs? Does it really matter? Um, well, in the, the context of what our responsibility are is, it, it matters matter? entirely. Yeah, it does. I'm sorry to get if you get sidetracked on motive. It's the fact that it's happening. No, I'm not talking urgent. motive here. It would be a shame that if that we're putting all this effort out for nothing when the change is happening anyway. That's what I'm getting at. Holy shoot! You, know? you sure stop? You put a you put a brick in every road. Doesn't matter which I'm way it goes. What's Bob, the brick? Yes, you do. You you stop at everything. It doesn't matter if people make progress. You're going to throw a tree in their way. Because, well, what's the sense of doing it? They're doing it anyway. I, I can't understand why attitude. you're offended by a question where I'm asking you, what was it that helped to break down the customs and barriers? And you're offended okay, by you the question. Make, the, the, what helped to break down some of these? He gave some examples. I don't have them all. Mm -hmm. He gave some examples. And I just say, why don't you get some information from him, what they've done? Here's what's happened. Get some concrete. Well, that's what I'm asking get, for. I'd love to see well, what, what the Well, you're going to have to listen are. to Mr. Lewis. He's ahead of it. I can't educate you, Bob. 
on the information that he's got because I can't retain it all. I only listen to him. So I'm just suggesting dig and find out what they've done and how what the inroads they've made. I think that's very important. Fair enough. Thank you for your call, Peter. Appreciate hearing from you. You're welcome. Take care. John's up next. Hi, John. Morning, Jim. I'd like to ask your guests, uh, uh, the Mr. Suhardo and Mr. Mugabe, it has been noted uh, in the statements that have been made by them or their press people that this is similar to a war because it keeps the population down and they really don't want to correct it. Is, have, have your guests heard of that statement? Well, it doesn't surprise me in a way, in the sense that one of the big problems in any kind of aid that is, people have been trying to send to Africa is that you have these civil wars, and you know, does the uh, does it serve the interest of the people who happen to control the particular road to let the supplies go down it? Uh, you know, or is it better to seize it and sell it for weapons? Uh, the political problems are, are you know a big part of the problem, no question. And Robert Mugabe seems like a pretty bad guy to me. Well, Jeff, if that's the case, throwing money at it in the old story about if you throw enough. Some of it will stick. But the only problem is that it's going to stick on Mugabe because he's a dictator. Yeah, unless you're, that's right, that unless you're really smart about it. Like, I guess the first thing is that I wouldn't say that because there's a Mugabe there, the rest of the world can't do anything about this. He's no, I wouldn't either. Yeah, but no, there's no point. I don't think anybody would suggest just send a bunch of money over to the government of Zimbabwe and uh, and they'll uh, distribute it uh, in a useful way. But is there I mean, nobody in made. the world that is, is looking at the health situation from the standpoint of saying education and a better lifestyle and a lifestyle of practicing their sex habits and things like that that is going to eliminate part of the problem without having these millions of people and children and women now Jim I heard say 50% of the people infected are women yep. Yep. and you've got a situation now where these young kids, what's the next generation? If they see that now, what's their lifestyle going to oh, be absolutely. like in the next generation? A lot of, a lot of them are born infected, I, I believe. Like, yes. I, I think we've gone beyond it just being a, an issue of promiscuity that uh, now that there's the problem sort of taken over, that people are being born, that, uh, you know, they've got They're all the born disease? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's a it's a tough situation. John, I have to leave it there. I appreciate it, sir. Uh, I want to make this comment, too. We were talking before about, you know, impediments in the way. The president of South Africa, uh, Thabo Mbeki, who has been saying for a number of years that HIV doesn't cause AIDS. It's been the official position of the African South African government. His own press aide died from AIDS, and he still says, no, it's not <laughs> HIV. No, that's not it. No, we, we, don't, we reject that hypothesis. Saw him on television. We reject that hypothesis. Well, when the, the president of the country says, there isn't a problem here. No, this, it's not, there's no relationship. All these people getting HIV and all these people dying of AIDS, no, they're two different things. How the heck do you get past that wall? Well, I guess, again, you got to be pretty smarter than me. But uh, I think there are people who are that smart out there. And, and I look at a Stephen Lewis, and uh, you're right that whenever you look at what anybody's doing, you'll start with their ideology to see where they're coming from. But he is a pretty smart guy that uh, he's with the UN. There's smart people there. And, and, and I think that they're smart enough not to say, we'll just hand money over, that I think mm -hmm. that uh, they are smart enough to say, we're going to have to have these safeguards in place one way or another. Um, having said that, I don't know that much about it. But uh, the, fact that it, the fact that there's corruption, the fact that it's hard in these various ways to me isn't a reason not to try 
by something. But again, uh, one of the earlier callers had talked about responsibility that I, I do recognize that uh, that comes from my sort of core values about, uh, you know, lefty, you know, we should be out there trying to help the world. And, and there are good arguments to be made that no, uh, you know, it's just why would we bring ourselves down by trying to help people who uh, who uh, seem to right now be beyond salvation? Um, that's not my not my view, but certainly that was the view of the United States for years and years when they were isolationist all uh, between World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. for instance. They were like, as long as it ain't coming here, we don't mm-hmm. want to know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then there are people on the other hand say, but the problem is that if you if you do that, then you could have stopped Hitler early. Instead, it's going to cost you a lot more to stop it later. And yet George Bush is saying that now, and uh, and a lot of people on your side of the political spectrum are saying, well, no, no, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Vietnam sort of scared the way out of a lot of people around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Bob, last word to you. Well. You know, getting back to you, some, an earlier comment about, I forget who you said said it, but, but it being a war, um, a lot of Africa has been in tribalism since the beginning of time, basically, and you've got one tribe against another. I remember when the late Bob Marley went over to Africa uh, to give one of his concerts, I think the Zimbabwe concert, and um, in the book written by Timothy White on his life from Rolling Stone, he commented how Marley was constantly amazed that black people could be killing black people in such a whole-scale whole slaughter. Mm-hmm. You know, it just shocked him, and it changed his view of the world and his relationship of one culture to another and things like that. You know, And, and, and I don't think a lot has changed in the big picture yeah. in Africa. Some parts of Africa, though, are surprisingly modern. Um, I think you'd be surprised going to a few of the countries there. You see some of their big cities, they look like something out of almost mm-hmm. sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at a few of them. But a lot of Africa is still in this tribal melee, and I think that's the kind of thing that has to end. Gentlemen, thank you both uh, for being here. It's always a pleasure. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Bob Jim. Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, our guests today on Left, Right, and Center. Please stay with us. News update next, and we'll be back with more on Talk of the Town.